0: Good morning, everybody, and welcome to a special edition of A Vision for You. Today is Sunday, January 25th, 2015. My name is Leah, and I'm your moderator this morning. The share ID for Friday, January 23rd, is 7210. This morning, A Vision for You presents The Design for Living That Keeps the Obsession Lifted. The OA 12 steps are a group of principles, spiritual in their nature, which, if practiced as a way of life, can expel the obsession to compulsively overeat and enable the sufferer to become happily and usefully whole. The purpose of steps one through nine is deflation of the ego at depth. By implementing steps one through nine, We have had a transformation of thought and attitude. The sunlight of the spirit deep down inside us is allowed to shine up and through us. The obsession of the mind has been driven out. We are restored to sanity. The only requirement is that we stay in fit spiritual condition. Our ego has a tendency to regenerate itself. The spiritual life is not a theory. We have to live it. This morning, here to speak with us on this topic is Don C. Don is a recovered compulsive overeater and loyal servant of Overeaters Anonymous. Don spends a great amount of time passing on his experience, strength, and hope, and carrying the message of recovery. And I'm pleased to welcome Don C. to the line this morning. Good morning, Don.
1: Good morning, Leah. Thanks very much. Okay. If those of you who are listening cannot hear it, my voice is not normally like this. I have a cold. So we'll see how all this works out. I may have to stop from time to time to cough or maybe to blow my nose. I know too much information. Or uh, just to take a a drink. But we'll see. We'll see where it goes. Um, What am I going to talk about? I do have an outline that I finished at least maybe 10 minutes ago. I always like to have a plan of where I'm going. So this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you a minute or so of brief qualification. And then I'm going to, uh, secondly, give you some words from my perspective on the process of change. Again, I emphasize that uh, this is for me. I'm sharing my experience. I'm not here to teach a particular book or books or anything. I'm just sharing my uh 34 years of experience in AA. Thirdly, I'll give you my quick 10 principles for living. Practice these principles in all our affairs. Well, what does that mean? Well, I have them divided for myself down into two two lists. One is the short list, which you will hear very much corresponds to the steps. And then I have a longer list of 29 that's just sort of the implications or the more in-depth to those things. Uh, Fourthly, I give you uh, that long list of 29 Five, uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about my daily treatment plan Also known as 10, 11, and 12 Um, And lastly, something I don't think I've ever shared before uh, My own articles of faith that have, have evolved over the years I came to the program as an atheist I would say I'm not an atheist now Uh, but, uh, I'm not religious. And so, well, you'll hear more about that. Uh, I am what I am. And I'll close with just a brief word about reality. So I want to emphasize, uh, I'm not here to impress. I'm not here to teach a particular book. I'm here to share my experience in OA and in life. Um, there is no one right way to recovery. That's what I've learned over all these years. I've seen every process, as long as it's within the framework of the 12 steps. I've seen every process that is, has that is worked. So, you know, if there's somebody that tells you theirs is the only way, I always advise run, go the other way. So I've been in OA 34 years today. Today is my 34th anniversary from the first meeting of uh, of of OA, um, I'm in my 31st year of abstinence, maintaining about 185 pound weight loss now for about 30 years. Uh, came to the program. Uh, I admitted my powerlessness to stop on my own. Very difficult thing for me. Uh, that word powerless was a hard word for somebody as arrogant as as I was. But I finally admitted that I could not control what I put into my mouth. And when I did that, that basically empowered me to move forward. As the first paradox of the program, admitting defeat empowers me to move forward and take take some action. So uh, I changed my eating to the right amounts and the right structure, and I took out my trigger foods, which for me are sugar and refined carbohydrates. And I still eat that way after all these years, so a lot of years. The power to do that and keep doing it uh, comes from living in a way that seems to keep the disease arrested and that's the subject uh, for today. The big book uses the phrase staying in fit spiritual condition. Uh, For me it is that but it's also much, much, much more. Um, I'm going to talk about Well, let me say first, recovery for me is a, from 10,000 feet, it's a two-step process. One is put down the food, get sober, and two is change. Uh, If I want to keep the food down, I have to change. That's the personality change defined in Appendix 2, and that's what the 12 steps are all about. They're all about the transformation, all about the change. So person, as an atheist, going through those steps for a long time, uh personality change was the thing that I focused on. I could, I could get that. I couldn't get a lot of the other concepts, but certainly I could get the personality change. So what I'm going to talk about today is the results, I guess, of years of working on that personality change. Um, when I get finished listing many of these things, <clears throat> some of you are likely to say, wow, it's a lot of platitudes. Everybody knows that stuff. But maybe, maybe not, I didn't. I had to learn how to think and talk and act and believe. I didn't learn those things in my childhood and early years. Mostly what I have learned in my early years, mostly, not all, but mostly what I learned in my early years was how not to think and act and to believe. So for me... The program was all about a rebuilding my life, rebuilding my program. I basically had to reprogram many of my values and attitudes and beliefs and behaviors. Um, yeah, there were some assets on that first, fourth step inventory, which is now 33 years ago. I wasn't a thief. I hadn't killed anyone. Um, I tended to be a people pleaser rather than a people attacker. Um The fear, doubt, and insecurity that caused me to be a people pleaser meant I was always pretending, always acting, never real. Uh, I was one personality to you and another to you and another to you, whatever I needed to be to get you to like me or to avoid conflict at any cost, any cost, any cost. So when I came into the program, uh, Grossly Obese, angry atheist, and it was something I didn't mention, uh, suicidal. Thirty days before I found my way into my first OA meeting in Durham, North Carolina, I had uh, climbed up on a bridge over the Hudson River in New York, 3 a.m. in the morning. Uh, Obviously did not jump. Do not remember coming down off of that bridge. Lots of people say there's a God story there. But I don't remember coming down. I remember clearly preparing and walking up and climbing up. But I don't remember coming down until I got to the back to the end of the bridge where my car was and got back into the car, and there was my wallet and the letter and all that stuff that I had prepared. So I came to the program at a very, very, very low bottom. Um, before I start talking about the design for living that I've come to discover for myself, for myself again, I want to say something about the um, 12-step change process. Um, again, I emphasize this is my my change. This is how it worked for me. This is what I have found over the years. Um, learning a new life, getting aligned with all that I was created to be was what, what seemed to be and where recovery laid for me. Uh, getting aligned with God's will for me is another way of saying it, I guess, Uh, for Don, as best I can understand it. Part of the recovery for me has been becoming all that I can be, Uh, utilizing all the talents and skills that I've been given or acquired. And that's, that's sort of my best short definition of what my life is supposed to be. It's supposed to be all that I've been given the ability to be. And when I'm aligned with that and doing that, then I have peace of mind, I have centeredness, and I don't need to medicate myself with food. But a word on the process. Um, Big book literalists sometimes say that God will take away all my defects and change them into assets. Uh, I just have to be willing and then humbly ask him. Um, That's saying he'll turn my worry and anxiety into faith, my resentment into acceptance, my blaming into accountability, my self-pity into gratitude my blandness into enthusiasm and cheerfulness my pride into humility my perfectionism into good enough my indifference into compassion etc cetera, etc cetera. uh no that's not my experience my experience is that god doesn't magically make any of those transformations in me god doesn't do shopping or food plans i had to do the footwork it's a, you know it's the same for me, for the personality traits, I, I created my defects. It's me that will have to work on changing them. What God does is give me the power and inspiration and the courage and the perseverance to work at letting go of the defects and replacing them with the assets. So for me, getting well and staying well has been all about hard work, hard work with God helping me the God of my understanding, helping me to do that work. I learned to walk by walking. I learned to swim by swimming. I learned to stop overeating by stopping overeating. I learned to work the program by working the program. I learned to be a different person by being a different person. I learned new ways of thinking, speaking, and acting by practicing the new ways of thinking, speaking, and acting. So in other words, I act my way into right thinking, not think my way into right acting. And certainly not for me, not by patiently or impatiently standing by waiting for higher power to make me a new person. From my perspective, God doesn't move the mountain for me. He leads me to the shed where the shovels are kept and gives me the strength to take out those shovels and and get to work. I came across the quote from a 1966 letter from from Bill. Uh, Let me quote that. He makes this point. Quote, because of drinking, my friend Henry had lost a high-salaried job. There remained a fine house with a budget three times his reduced earnings. He could have rented the house for enough to carry it, but no. Henry said he knew that God wanted him to live there, and he, God, would see that the costs were paid. So Henry went on running up bills and glowing with faith. Not surprisingly, his creditors finally took over the place. Henry today can laugh about it, having learned that God more often helps those who are willing to help themselves. So Bill makes the point there that that God will help us but we have to help ourselves and I I, I go on to say that God's not going to do for me what I need to do for myself and that's a lot. For me, my life is basically a co creation. I'm not a deterministic person. I don't believe that everything that happens is God's will. I believe that I have an I influence. I'm in charge of actions, God's God's in charge of results or outcomes. Uh I've been given free will. I've been given the power to make choices, make decisions, take actions. So I influence. I am responsible. No, I am not in charge of outcomes. I can't know what that exactly is going to be but I am definitely in charge of my actions and my decisions. So from the point of view of personality change, which is what I'm talking about here, um, I say God didn't give me my personality defects. I did. I developed them over time, and now it's up to me with God and OA's help to change me. So that's my perspective on the the change process, which is obviously a little bit different than the interpretation of 6 and 7 for uh, many people. And that's what I do. Now, I want to talk about what I see as these principles for living, this design for living that keeps the disease in check. I still have the disease. It's still there after all these years, uh, but it's arrested as long as I live in this way, or to use the phrase from the big book, keep in fit spiritual condition. So, um my quick 10 principles. 10 principles and these you'll you'll hear the the steps very closely here as opposed to it gets a little more um, uh, more advanced I guess you would say when I go into the next list, but my quick 10 principles practicing these principles in all my affairs. 1 accept my disease and my will powerlessness over it. Accept my disease. I have a disease. Forever I have the disease. It's genetic. My wiring is just not the same as a normal eater. Two, commit myself to the 12, 12, and 9 steps, traditions, and tools as a way to arrest my disease and keep it arrested. Commit myself to the 12, 12, and 9 as a way to arrest the disease and keep it arrested. Three, let go of trying to arrange and control things that are not controllable. I spent my life doing mental master planning, I call it. In my head, there was the plan of the way everything should go for you and for you and for you and for the world and for the president and everybody else. And, of course, it never went the way I thought it should go, and therefore I always was setting myself up for frustration and anger, and that's the way I came to the program. for ongoing inventory and correction of my flaws. uh, You know, the 10th says, continue to take personal inventory, and we were, were, uh, I'm sorry, the 10th says, look, watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. And then it says, when these occur, it doesn't say if. So there will always be flaws, there will always be things happening. So ongoing inventory and correction of the flaws as I go. Five, be absolutely honest with someone, that's called a sponsor. Six, forgive myself and others in order to heal and stay healed. Forgive myself and others. I could not forgive others, and I had lots and lots and lots of people I needed to forgive, but I couldn't really forgive them until I forgave myself for being human. Until I forgave myself for being human. No better than, no worse than, just human make mistakes, and therefore they can also. Seven, clean up my past and then my mistakes as I go. Eight, pray and meditate every day and try to keep myself aligned with God's purpose for me as best I can see it. Pray and meditate every day and try to keep myself aligned with God's purpose. Nine, try to help others who share my disease. Uh, I must. It's not an option. I must, must. All these things I have to do. Try to help others who share my disease. And ten, a shift in attitude from self-centered to God-centered or spiritually-centered and other-centered, uh, a mindset of love and service, uh, a mindset of how can I be of use, what can I put in, uh, let go of the how do I get, how do I get, so focus on giving, not on getting. Base, base my life on what I think is God's will for me, not on what I think other people would like me to be or to gain approval or love, or simply to avoid conflict and disagreement. So that's my quick tech quick. 10 principles now over the years i've written down here and written down there and over here and in this list and whatever and come up with some other things and i'll run through quickly with those and as i mentioned before this may this may seem mundane and it may seem stuff that everybody knows but i didn't know all this stuff and i had to rebuild as i said and i had to think about these things and come to the conclusion that this was the way to live. I had to learn how to live all over again. So my life in the program was was like life number two. It was a second chance. I came to the program when I was 40, 41. And so the last 30 years has been life part two. Before program, my life was a mess. The last 30 plus years, it's been a wonderful, wonderful gift. Um, all right. The program has helped me learn to live in harmony with the laws of life. Why bother? Because trying to do so has lifted and keeps my obsession lifted. So some of those laws for me. for Um One, I need a clearly and honestly defined food plan. Uh, two, I need to let go of trying to control life, trying to run things my way, give the universe back to God, turn my will and my life over. Three, I need to take responsibility for my thinking and behavior rather than blaming, justifying and playing the victim. Poor me, poor me, poor me, pour me a drink. Uh I am responsible for how I feel, I am responsible for what I do. Four I need to do an ongoing self assessment, constantly looking for the selfishness, dishonesty, resentment and fear, and I'll mention some other things later. Five, I need to change the self-destructive ideas, attitudes, and behaviors that led me to eating in the first place. What led me to the eating? The eating was, eating was medication for my feelings. Then I, of course, got addicted at some point uh, to certain foods, sugars and refined carbs. But I was using food as a drug to medicate, to comfort, to escape. Of course, that was unconscious. I had no idea I was doing that. So I need to change the self-destructive ideas and attitudes that led to that, for example, anger, resentment, criticizing, negativity, phoniness, jealousy, perfectionism, impatience, self-pity, selfishness, dishonesty, etc., etc., a long list there. Six, I need to make amends for harms done, ongoing. Seven, I need to never stop my spiritual development uh, through prayer and meditation Um, try to have an ongoing personal relationship with a power greater than myself, which today I call God. I have a a long list uh, someplace here on my desk of notes. There's a list of maybe 25 or 30 synonyms that I used to use for God. Spirit of the universe, spirit within, spirit of truth, goodness, and love, quiet inner voice, our deepest consciousness, inner guide, divine creator, force for good underlying all things unseeable spirit the glue that holds it all together first cause good orderly direction great outdoors etc cetera, etc cetera. a lot of synonyms uh it's been a very long spiritual journey for me today it's easier to just say god and of course it's god as i understand god eight i need to give service to others and program nine i need to live in honesty stop lying to myself and others uh myself is the is the biggest challenge sometimes and in in my daily inventories I very frequently will ask ask is there anything that I'm being dishonest with uh to myself then i need to accept myself and others in the world as it is not as i wish it were uh so acceptance of reality life on life's terms rather than anger and resentment and animosity Eleven, I I need to learn tolerance of things not like me. Live and let live is our our slogan. You know, my higher power in the beginning and still part of my higher power today is the collective power of the program, the collective power of the steps, traditions, tools, slogans, and the fellowship. And slogans uh, are very... Meaningful to me. For me, slogans are the shorthand of the philosophy of these kinds of things that we're talking about, the philosophy of the program. Um, I need to forgive myself and others for being human and making mistakes rather than living with hatred. I need a loving heart. I need to be kind to all. Fifteen, I need to live a proactive rather than a reactive life. Prior to program, my life was very much one of response, response, response. Exist and respond, exist and respond. Today I know I'm responsible. So today I have a plan. And you know, This all started with the food plan way back, way back, way back when. But then I learned the discipline that I had to put into the food was a discipline that I also had to learn uh, to apply to my life. And so that meant planning and it meant uh, having goals. Um, just as I gave you an outline of what I'm talking about today here, to have a plan like that, be proactive rather than just seeing what comes out. 16, I need to follow the quiet voice of the spirit within rather than ego. That's the quiet inner voice, and that's probably, uh, I will close today with talking about my articles of faith, and you'll hear about that quiet inner voice that I'm talking about. Seventeen, I need to fellowship with people uh, on my same path. It doesn't mean exclusively, but it means I need to be with uh, OAs, uh, with people in 12-step program, with people in recovery who knows what this is about because it's with those people that I can be the most authentic Don that there is. Eighteen, I need to have a sponsor as a balance uh, from whom there are no secrets, Nineteen, I need to practice faith and trust rather than worry and anxiety. I'll talk a little bit about that in a few minutes. Twenty, I need to practice balance in all things rather than impulsiveness or compulsiveness or excess. Uh, I'm a very busy guy in terms of service. Uh, If you ask my wife, she will say too busy. And so balance is one of the things that I have to constantly look at. Balance in everything balance in the physical balance in the emotional balance in the spiritual. You know, I I one of the ways I look at abstinence, I look at abstinence uh I break abstinence apart. Physical abstinence, emotional abstinence, and spiritual abstinence. For me, the physical abstinence means the right eating, not eating compulsively, um uh being at a healthy body weight, not using food as a mood altering drug, etc. Emotional abstinence is um having a mind free of negativity, acceptance of reality as it is, dealing with it rationally, wearing the world like a loose garment, as they say, meeting calamity with serenity, taking full responsibility for my feelings and my behaviors and my life. That's emotional abstinence. Spiritual abstinence is alignment of my life with what I believe is God's plan for me, trusting that God loves me unconditionally, he'll give me what I... He will not give me more than he and I can handle, though I'm expected to do my part. Uh, Practicing the presence of God every day, leaving results and tomorrow to God, but doing my part today. Trusting that as I give to the world, so the world will give to me. Um, I need to have a life direction determined by an attitude of what can I put in rather than what can I get out. I need to be authentic rather than phony. I need to cultivate gratitude rather than self-pity. And I need to focus on solutions rather than problem. A very, very, very big deal for me, focusing on solution. You know the quote in the big book, if I focus on the problem, the problem gets bigger. If I focus on the solution, the solution becomes, et cetera. It's not exactly the words, but you know what I'm talking about. Uh, lastly. I need to look for the good, listen for the good, and feel for the good in others. My nature is negative. Uh, I've had depression my entire life. It's in the family thing. And my father suffered from it, all of his brothers, so I've got it. And uh, part of my uh, daily treatment plan, my 11th step every morning, is uh, lightening that darkness uh, that I often, well, let's, let's, say, let's not say often, frequently wake up with a terrible, terrible darkness that those of you who suffer from depression know all about. And so I have to work myself out of that every morning through the 11th step. So as that's my short list and long list. Uh, what time is it? Okay, 30 minutes. Um, short list and long list of basic living principles that I have found that I have to do for myself. And these seem to keep the disease arrested, but that's only part uh, part of it. Uh, I want to talk a little bit now about my daily treatment plan, which is basically ensuring that all that I continue to do these things and live in this way. So I do a 10th step every day, and not surprisingly, my 10th step, which I do in the morning, by the way. Um, uh, my tenth step I look at the things, exactly the kinds of things that I just talked about. So if I look at my tenth step sheet in, in front of me, there's two columns there. And uh, over on the left column, it says, well, the question at the top is, how am I doing? And on the left column, it says living in. And in the right column, it says rather than, rather than. So how am I doing living in faith rather than? fear, worry, and self-doubt? And I can answer myself or even put a little check mark if I want to. How am I doing living in acceptance rather than resentment and anger? How am I doing living in tolerance rather than judging and criticizing? How am I doing living in gratitude rather than in self-pity and the poor, poor me's? How am I doing living in cheerfulness rather than gloominess? How am I doing living in humility rather than pride and self-centeredness and self-righteousness and spiritual arrogance that's really easy to fall into. In reading uh, a lot of Bill's stuff he will say that he constantly fought that his entire life. He fought the depression, of course, but he also fought, fought this spiritual arrogance and and uh, uh, pride of thinking that he really knew the way uh, etc., so that's that's something I have to watch for. Uh, how am I doing living in patience rather than impatience? calmness rather than agitation, constructiveness rather than critical, et cetera, et cetera. So I do that, uh, look at that, and you can do that pretty quickly after you get used to it and so I can see where I am from day to day on these things. So that's the way I keep them in the top of my mind. And the 11th step, again, part of my... Call it my daily treatment plan or my daily disciplines. You know, I, I basically start out. Well, my process is very much based upon the framework explained in 86 to 88 in the, in the Big Book, but it's it's my own. So I wake up and say, <clears throat> "Good morning, God. Thank you for the gift of another day. Help me use it wisely. Grant me the discipline to be productive and useful, and the power to to uh, abstain from toxic food." Toxic thinking and toxic behavior. And I have little boxes beside the toxic thinking and toxic behavior. And the current words in those boxes, notice I say current, uh, is uh, in in toxic thinking, fear, self-pity, negativity, resentment, and judging. And in the toxic behavior little box there is procrastination, controlling, criticizing, complaining, phoniness. Those words may change because it, it, things at different times in my life may change and I may fall back into some of these things. Uh, when life gets challenging, we tend to, I tend to regress back into the way I was for 40 years. Uh, but the program teaches me I can't do that. I need to come back and, and live in these ways. Then I say, direct my thinking today, God. Keep it free of self-pity, dishonest or self-seeking motives. Keep me free of selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear, and all of fear's stepchildren, uh, which I see as controlling, perfectionism, procrastination, false pride, worry, and anxiety. Then I, I plan my day. I do a, a plan, activity plan. I have my journal in front of me. I did this this morning, put my plan together. Uh, I, I woke up at 5 to 5 this morning, and I was thinking, believe it or not, of the big book, And having to speak here, so I got up early and uh, did my normal 11 step work, and that included the the plan for the day. That included a plan of eating, an activity plan. Uh, I did not do an attitude plan today, but I often do an attitude plan. And uh, I read daily meditation books Uh, this morning. I did read uh, six books. Obviously, that's more than the OA books. I read books from uh, other programs, and uh, AA and so forth. Uh, I do a gratitude list. I did a gratitude list this morning. And then I say basic prayers. I say the serenity prayer. And I often do the little exercise, and I did it this morning, of uh, serenity prayer is I do a quick um, cannot change, and the troubling things that I, in fact, cannot change. It's just a quick little reminder. And then this morning, <laughs> uh, uh, there were four things on the cannot change. One was age, 74. That kind of sucks. Uh, pain, uh, for the last three and a half years, I've been in chronic pain. Uh, I had a surgery uh, 14 months ago. That basically failed, and so there continues to be chronic pain all the time, all the time, all the time. doesn't look like there's anything that can be done. About that, the doctors say, that's it. The other two things on this cannot change list uh, was mom. I have a 95-year-old Alzheimer's mother who I'm responsible for, who um, I talked to late last night, and uh, she's 500 miles away uh, in a nursing home. And uh, that's always a challenge. I cannot change her. I must accept just what is. And the fourth thing I probably shouldn't say, but the fourth thing on this cannot change list was OA. I can't change OA. I can only share my experience and leave the rest to God. What can I change? I wrote down my attitudes and my priorities. I'm I'm responsible for my attitude, and I'm responsible for priorities that I set every day. And uh, I have a, a mission statement. I do a, a mission plan. Remember that I said plan um, every year at the beginning of the year, and so I have a, a mission statement in plan that's here in the beginning of my uh, journal, and that's my basic plan for the year, things I want to focus on, and and so I I look at that and know that that's what I ought to be doing. Then I say the uh, the third step prayer, commit myself to God. The seven step prayer, and I add always add into the seven steps prayers some specifics uh, which sound a lot like the, the tenth, which I mentioned. So at the end, it's, it's I say specifically, God, after I've said the seven step prayer, I say specifically, God, help me today to uh, be cheerful rather than gloomy, help me today to uh, be tolerant uh, rather than judging and, and, and critical. It's particularly important today because I happen to be going to my grandson's birthday party where my uh, uh, former spouse, uh, divorced spouse, will also be attending. And though we've been divorced for 25 years, there's still animosity on her part. So that's one of the things I have to pray for today. Um, I say the 11-step prayer. 11-step prayer is, is... Important for me, particularly the last part, because it outlines the kind of life that I think that I need to live. Um, seek to comfort rather than to be comforted. Seek to understand rather than to be understood. Seek to love rather than to be loved, for it is in self-forgetting that one finds. It's in forgiving that one is forgiving, et cetera. Uh, important philosophical base of my life there, and that comes back to the how can I be of use? seek to help rather than to get, get, get. I sometimes will say the resentment prayer, particularly for my mother. Uh, Then I'll say the fear prayer. Sometimes, although fear has not been an influence in my life for many, 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 many years, it took me a few years, though, of program to really one day wake up and realize, my God, fear is not controlling my life anymore. It's gone. And then I say a couple of personal prayers. Um, I recite my personal, personal articles of faith, which I'm going to share with you in a moment. I do some affirmations. Affirmations are a big part of that lightning, the darkness that I was talking about. What I've discovered uh, through the help of the program and other places is that I can change how I feel by changing the sentences going through my head. So with affirmations, I'm changing the sentences going through my head from the negatives to positive sentences like uh, uh, God will give me the strength to deal with whatever life brings uh, or I have nothing to fear today or any day as long as I let God take charge of me and all the circumstances in my life or I love myself unconditionally as God loves me unconditionally as a child of God I have value and purpose or I would not have been given the gift of life if I seek that purpose or I do not waste who I am by leaving, living in a dream of who I wish I was an important one for me uh, I leave tomorrow to God but do today what I think God would have me do to prepare for tomorrow I leave the judging of others to God and keep my eyes on my own path in the early days of affirmations many many years ago when I started this it was something that I said that still I don't have it written down here in my in my, my notes in my 11th step but it's something that's always in the back of my head I used to say to myself, all right, today I am strong, healthy, loving, and enthusiastic, faith-filled, serene, and confident. And I would say that again, strong, healthy, loving, enthusiastic, faith-filled, serene, and confident. I challenge anybody that's sort of down to say that those two sentences five times in a row and not feel something shift in your brain. That's what affirmations do for me, and sometimes I... I do, do that. So I say the affirmations and uh, uh, then my closing prayers and uh, don't. sometimes we'll do a quiet meditation but not always. It's not an everyday, everyday thing for me. Uh, once or twice a week I would say I will do a, a five or ten minute very quiet uh, zen type meditation where I'm Emptying out, but what I find is living in these ways that I've been talking about is like an ongoing prayer. It's like always being in touch with God. It's always being in touch with this quiet voice within, so it's almost like ongoing meditation, but sometimes I need to escape from that and do the do the quietness all right um I also the other affirmation that I do and say every day, and usually I do this at the gym. Uh, very often on the on the elliptical, uh, I will do my just for today affirmations. I learned those in the first year I came in. These go way back. Uh, just for today, I will get through this day only and not try to solve my whole life problem. There are nine of those. They're in my head, and I, I just say them uh, all the time uh, in exercise. As I said, often I save those for the gym. Uh, there's some biggies in there. Like just for today, I'll be agreeable. I look as well as I can, dress becomingly, act courteous, talk low, criticize not one bit, not find fault with anything, not try to improve or regulate anybody except myself. Uh, that's a pretty, pretty heavy challenge. But that's basically the idea that I've been working on for all these years: is to try to be to be that. Um, other things in there. Just for the day, I'll have a plan. Uh, just for the day, I'll, uh, you know, I may not follow exactly, but I'll have it. It'll save me from too past hurry and decision. Just for the day, I'll have a quiet time with the God of my understanding and try to understand His will for me in the various situations in my life. Just for the day, I'll be unafraid, especially I will not be afraid to enjoy what is beautiful and to believe that as the world gives to me, I will give to myself. So, those are important to me, and that's part of my 11-step work, which, as I said, continues often into the into the gym. Some of the the boringness of those stupid machines is helped when I can say prayers on there, or say some of these just for the day affirmations or others. All right, let me just uh, finishing finish up uh, by talking a little bit about my spiritual journey. Um, As I said, I came as an atheist. Uh, It's been a long, 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 long spiritual journey. And I don't know exactly where I am. Well, I know where I am, but it's constantly evolving and constantly changing. My journal is full of all these writings about uh, God and higher power and how it works and all that. Probably the most valuable thing that ever happened to me on this whole journey was... uh, about ten years into the program, I had I had spent endless, endless, endless hours of writing and thinking and talking and arguing about what God is and how God works, if there is such a thing, et cetera, et cetera. And I remember clearly coming out of a meeting one day in Greenwich, Connecticut, of all places, uh, walked out of a church into the main street of the town, and there was a guy walking out with me, who knew me. We had known each other for a while in program. And I don't know what I had been talking about that night, but obviously something on the God thing. And he said, Don, what you need to do is give it up. And I said, what do you mean? He said, give up trying to figure it out. Nobody can figure it out. Nobody knows for sure. It's a mystery. That's what it is. It's a mystery nobody can know. Therefore, the only important thing you need to know about God is you're not God, whatever that is, and also that you can't figure it out. So it's whatever you make of it, him, her, it, whatever. Quit trying to figure it out. Quit trying to figure out what the model is. I know that's your bent. You're trying to do that all the time with everything else, but just give it up. And I did decide to give up trying to figure it out. And that's when I began to make some spiritual progress in the program. It didn't. I didn't need to have it all nice and neat. I didn't need to have an actual clear definition. I didn't need to argue with you about your definition. I didn't need to argue about the, with the Christians or the Buddhists or the Muslims or the whatever, whatever. It was whatever felt right for me, whatever I connected with. So today... After all these years, um, I have what I what I call a set of ideas or principles or beliefs, and, the, and I'll just finish up and hit, finishing up finish up here this morning by running through these with you for what they're worth. Again, this is one hundred percent Don. This doesn't come from any theology or any book or anything. But okay, what do I what do I believe or what do I want to believe? One I believe that one, <clears throat> one of the manifestations of God is a quiet spirit of truth, goodness, and love deep within me that is linked to and part of the spirit of the universe, which is God. Which means that I am in God, the universe, and God is in me. So I am in God, and God is in me, quiet inner voice. I believe that spirit within will show me the way if I pay attention. My job is to keep my thoughts, words, and actions aligned as best I can with that quiet spirit within. For today, my generic definition of alignment is living in faith, abstinence, acceptance, forgiveness, gratitude, love, service, enthusiasm, balance, and staying connected to the presence of God within. Three, I believe the spirit within, which is part of God, Loves me unconditionally, wants only good for me, wants me to be all that I've been given the ability to be. God can love un- love me unconditionally, yet sometimes be displeased with me. God and I have interesting conversations sometimes. I've been con- I've become convinced that He has quite a sense of humor. For, I believe that God will guide and support. But he won't do for me what I need to do for myself. And you heard me talk about that extensively in the very beginning of my talk today, that I need to do uh, what I need to do for myself. More often than not, God gives me the courage to find solutions rather than the solutions than them, themselves. Like back to the, uh, uh, the guy that Bill was talking about who, who thought that God would provide the money for his mortgage and it didn't quite work out that way. Um God doesn't move the mountain but he gives me the strength to pick up the shovel and get to work. Five, I believe God and I are co creating each day of my life. Uh I've been given the power to make decisions and take actions that shape my life, including including of course harmful and self destructive. I can do all kinds of self destructive things. I can do harmful things I've been given the power to do that. That's the nature of the world. Uh, so that's each day of my life is a co-creation uh, with God. We're partners. Six, I believe that although I influence my destiny, I'm not ultimately in charge of anything other than my own thoughts and actions. So in short, I'm in charge of actions. God's in charge of results and outcomes. Seven, I believe God will give me what I need to deal with whatever life brings. And I guess that's at the core of my faith principles today. I believe God will give me what I need to deal with whatever life brings. But I have to stay connected to God all the time, not just when things get difficult. It's from God that comes, uh, for me, courage, direction, endurance, a calm mind, and steady heart. Eight, I believe wherever I am in my life is where I am, whether I put me here or God put me here. What is, is. That's the reality. What is, is. Wherever I am in my life is where I am. It doesn't make any difference how I got here. What is, is. The question is, am I doing what God wants me to be doing and learning in this place on my life journey before moving on to the next part of the journey? because all things change everything changes wherever I am today will change for sure for sure so am I doing what God wants me to be doing and learning in this place on my journey before I move on to the next part of the journey number nine all life is changed what is now will pass whether I see now as good or as bad ten I believe life's discords are meant to be learning and growing opportunities not torture uh learning and growing opportunities, not torture, that life is to be lived fully, not simply endured. Eleven, I believe there's more good than bad in the world, and more often than not, good begets good. More often than not, good begets good. Notice the phrase, more often than not. Shit happens. The world is full of evil, but it's also full of good. As I give to the world, so the world will give to me. And 12, I believe the purpose of life is love and service. And I didn't make that up. It basically comes from Dr. Bob. Uh, The purpose of life. And, again, I've lived a long time now. So I've looked at this and thought about this forever and ever. And I've done a lot in my life. I've achieved a lot of things in all ways. Um but i can't find any true true reason for living other than love and service and all the manifestations of those words love as manifested in patience tolerance kindness compassion forgiveness acceptance service as manifested for me in sharing my experience strength and hope with still suffering compulsive eaters and doing whatever i can to help keep away strong. Thirteen, and lastly, I believe I must continue to grow spiritually. Um, I must continue to to grow spiritually. If I do nothing, I regress. It's like going up a down staircase. I have to keep moving, going up a down escalator. I have to keep moving, keep moving, keep moving. If I coast, I am in fact going down. I need to be a lifelong learner and studier And that is part of my life today. Let me just close by saying something about reality, finally. Um, Bad things happen to good people, and good things happen to bad people. The rain falls on the just, and the sun shines on the unjust. That seems to be reality. Everything, if I look at it carefully, seems to be a duality. There is no day without night, no sun without darkness, no love without hate, no pleasure without pain, no joy without despair, no forgiveness without anger, no courage without fear. I can't know the answers to the mysteries. I have choices, I have free will, I can choose to embrace the darkness, the anger, fear, distrust, and self-pity, or I can choose to embrace life today and fully live. I have chosen and I continue to choose life. And with that, I will close. Leah, back to you.
0: Thank you so much, Don, for your inspiring and insightful and revealing presentation this morning. And, of course, I want to wish you a happy anniversary, and I want to thank you for being living proof of the results of this program of recovery and the transformation and personality change that are possible due to the work here. So thank you so much. Don's contact information will be offered at the conclusion of this recording, so stay tuned for that. And now we're going to open the floor for questions for Don, as long as his voice holds out here.
2: Yes, I'm taking a drink now.
0: Okay, thank you so much. It was very clear and very strong. Thank you for your efforts this morning. Please press star one to unmute and identify yourself to... Hi, I have a question. Yes, good morning, and what's your name? I yeah, live in California. Mary,
3: Lee, go ahead, please. So, Don, you talked about your ex-wife, and I'm wondering how you use that as a learning opportunity.
1: (laughs) A lot. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) No, it goes in cycles. Um, What I learned was because I forgive doesn't mean that others have to forgive. And so that's part of the reality is that uh, she doesn't forgive. And uh, she is full of, of anger, as are many other people. And from time to time that, that comes out, uh, particularly with the children that we share, uh, where she says negative things or causes causes some, some problems there. And it's just the live and let live. It just is. I have to accept. And often we'll have to say the... Uh, You know, the resentment prayer, it's more often for my mother, but it sometimes uh, uh, comes up for my ex. You know, help me remember that she is a sick person physically, emotionally, and spiritually, that I need to show her the same patience, tolerance, kindness, love, and pity I would cheerfully grant a sick friend. Show me how I can be helpful to her, keep me from being angry. I will be done. So I can't get angry. She causes anxiety. I have to give it to God and it just is. So um <clears throat> things happen, you know, it the thing about resentments is that sometimes resentments we get rid of them, we give them to God, we let go, we forgive and then they come back. They're they're really good at recycling through life. Uh, and but the great thing about the program is it it teaches me that yeah, stuff is going to happen, but the program teaches me how to deal with it, right? Face uh, calamity with serenity. Deal with it. Face what what's to be learned from it. So that's the the first sentence I think I said was what's to be learned is that not everybody is willing to forgive. Not everybody. N- and not everybody is just full of love and caring as we try to cultivate in our program. I don't know if that answers you, but that's
4: this
0: my is Maureen. Hello. Thank you. Thank you. Mary. Mary. <laughs> <laughs> One moment, one moment. I heard Maureen. Who else identified
2: themselves?
4: Prince, baby. Let's start with Maureen, please. Thank you so much. Um, my name is Maureen, and I'm in Tucson, Arizona. So, over 30 years, and uh, in and out of Gray Sheet for 13, and I'm brand new on the Vision for You uh, Bridge, and that was. That was like you know the, the uh, service I'm about to attend at 10:30 this morning in Unity, and I, I'm so aligned with with all of um, what I heard. And I, my question is this: <clears throat> you know, we live in this in this age when uh, people can reach us all the time, and I finally blocked uh, my siblings and my mother from being able to call or email me because. It felt so toxic, and I just wonder your take on that. I, I'm, you know, wondering, it's been almost 90 days since I did it. I felt better every day. Oh, I just wonder, you know, whether the spiritual risk that I think is there is really there and what your perspective on that is.
1: Yeah. In the very beginning of the program, for quite a while, I had to, to clearly, clearly, clearly avoid persons, places, and things that were not good for me that was in the beginning of the spiritual growth and so forth and getting abstinence and holding on to the abstinence and as you recall I'd lose, lose a lot of weight so had to work very hard and I was uh, I didn't uh, dwell on this but I was also uh, suicidal for a very long time. I was still suicidal within, I don't know, six, nine months in the program before that began to be lifted slightly. So uh, there were people that really caused problems for me then and i had to i i had to avoid them at that time at that time uh for today i i i have learned to be around um uh, those people and and do what i have to do to take care of myself um, i have well, for my my mother for example or for my ex um in one of my strategies is to minimize FaceTime, right? minimize exposure. But I have to. I have to be able to talk. I have to. There are financial dealings sometimes because of the kids and the grandkids, uh, grandkids in college now. So there's some financial stuff there. So I have to learn to interact, be polite and courteous uh, and unselfish and do what I can uh, and then pull away from it. Uh, I don't have to be friends to 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 deal with with uh with these folks. So in the beginning though, I had to just totally stay away, but then gradually I began to be able to deal. But that doesn't mean, you know, that was some, that's my experience. You have to decide what's best for you. Uh there are some people that are just troublesome and we just need to stay away from them, even if we're related to them. And that's my experience. I have to take care of me. Uh I am responsible for me. Uh, I can't, but I can't blame others for my stuff. I can't blame my mother or my ex or my whatever, whatever uh, for my stuff. I am responsible. So I have to learn to be responsible for my own feelings. But yes, it helps sometimes, in the er- particularly in the early days for me to to avoid the people, places, and things that I needed to. You know, it, it, <laughs> That included not just people in my early days, but including where I went and where I drove and changing my uh, the people I commuted with and stuff like that that were not good for me. So it's legitimate. It's in the process. Okay.
0: Thank you, Maureen, for the question. Phoebe, your turn. Hi, this is, this is Phoebe calling from Vermont
5: and Don, thank you so much for your presentation. I've heard some of your other presentations and listened to the recordings. You are truly inspirational. Um, My question for you is you mentioned that you had um, a list of Just for Today affirmations that you used at the gym, which I I absolutely love that idea and would love to do that. And I just looked up on the Internet Just for Today affirmations and got a bunch of different hits. And I'm wondering if you had one in particular that you – a list that you uh that you'd like to recommend one comes from coda, one comes from another twelve step group and is quite lengthy. Yours didn't sound like it was very lengthy
1: just for the day list is an o a publication it's a little card that has nine things on it. I think it's probably uh copyrighted like nineteen seventy nine or something it's it's very old i was I was given that card very early in the program. And uh, I still use that. Now, I, I add some, you know, to it, of course. And then over the years, I have developed my own affirmations. I prob- I have probably someplace, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds uh, of just little things. I, I read a few examples of things that I've developed myself or that I have stolen, of course. You know, that's what we read books and we say, oh, that works for me. So we, we use it. I think I read one that was actually... I have nothing to fear today or any day as long as I let God take charge of me and all the circumstances in my life. Yes, that's not Don. That's another uh, author, uh, not not a, well, in program, but obviously uh, not from a program book. So I, I take wherever I can get. But the Just for Today is a little card published by OA for, I like, 15 cents or something like that. One of those little cards. That's what I was talking about. Just for the Day, I'll get through this day only, et cetera. That's Thank recommend.
0: you. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Phoebe. You can find that on OA.org. Yeah. Uh, that's available from Overeaters Anonymous. Next, we'll take Sarah W., then Jean DeVorelea. I did hear you, Raquel.
2: So let's go to Sarah W., please, with a question. <clears throat> press star 1 to unmute Can you hear me now? Yes, I
0: can. Go ahead with the question. Thanks.
2: Great. Um don um as far as the 6th
4: and 7th step, I find that I uh, you know, I I raising grandchildren, I keep going back to uh somewhat self-destructive and destructive behaviors with my granddaughter, you know, anger and, you know, really struggle with tolerance. And I'm wondering, uh, you know, I've been in the program a long time, and I really want to practice tolerance. And, and, I, and I keep trying to act as if, if there are any thoughts or things that come to you if you have struggles with something in particular that comes back to you, how you
1: would deal with it. Thank you. The answer is really simple. Practice, 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 practice. Over okay, and over okay. and over. That's just, I just, over and over, I say it, I do it, and I make, that's why we have a ten step. That's why there's yeah. an inventory there. How am I doing? And sometimes I'm doing fine and sometimes I'm not. So nowhere is there anything about perfection. Nobody becomes perfect. We slide backwards and then we bring ourselves back. And that's just the nature of life. Im- imperfect, but we do the best we can and keep going. And for me, it's just practice, 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 practice. Answer. Thanks, Sarah.
0: Thank you, Sarah. Jean, you're up.
2: Star one to unmute, Jean. Okay, Jean. Perhaps I didn't hear you.
0: Devo Ralea, How about Devo Ralea? Star
2: one to unmute. All right. Carol G., are you awaiting to ask a question? I am. Can you hear me now, Leia? Yes, Carol G., go ahead thank you so much oh,
6: thank you Don it's Carol G from England thank you so much for all your help I really enjoyed listening to you today um, my question you know you sound so at home in this changed life um, do you remember <laughs> being a novice, newly recovered um, do you remember actually experiencing your ego trying to regrow back And do you have any examples of how you dealt with that
1: please,
2: I'd be grateful if you could uh, share on that, thank you
1: uh I don't know. Um I I I don't I think the ego is always is always there. Uh I struggle when I think about uh, I don't know, it's so much struggle It's just trying to figure out is it God's will or is it Don's will here? Is this an ego thing or is this God's what God wants me to do? And so I have to look carefully at that. And again, as I've been reading uh been reading as bill sees it so a lot of his great thoughts and sayings and so forth and and he, that's the nature of being human he struggled with this forever and ever you know he, he says you know is it god's will or is it my will it's just about ego uh, and he would say consult with others talk to others about this pray about it and then do whatever you think is the best thing and if it turns out that it's right it's right if it turns out that it's wrong okay We say it was wrong, and we learn from it, and we move on. That's the nature of life. We make mistakes, we learn from them, and we move on. It's like a slip, right? The slip is not necessarily a relapse. The slip is a learning experience. Well, from a personality point of view and living, trying to practice these principles, we slip, we get up, we go on. That's life. So uh, I don't think uh, ego is always there. It's part part of the personality. I can't see... How it could ever be totally, totally, totally gone? I will say the basis of my life clearly today, though, is how can I give rather than how can I get. Um, but it's it's like the disease. It's it's still there. The, you know the disease is still there because the obsession is lifted. It's lifted for today. It is absolutely lifted for today. I have no pretense that that I will that I am cured none whatsoever. I have a disease, and holding it at bay is the subject of this whole morning here. Keeping it at bay, keeping it arrested is about living in the way, from my experience, living in the ways that I've been talking about today. So uh, ego will always be lurking there, just like the disease is always lurking there, ready to pounce, ready to pounce. And when the disease physically begins to pounce is when I find myself hanging out in anger and resentment and self-pity and so forth. When I hang out in these negative character traits, that's when the disease hops up and says, maybe a little food, you haven't had any of that for 25 years, why don't you have some of that, you'd feel better. Okay, thanks, Carol.
0: Yes, thank you, Carol. Who else has a question this morning for Don? Star 1 to unmute. Liz? I do. Name. I didn't catch your name, I'm sorry. Liz. Uh my name's Tracy. I'm calling from Ottawa, Canada. Tracy. Liz. Anybody else? All right. Let's start with Tracy, please. Um, it's my first time on this uh phone meeting and it's just amazing and I thank Don very much for his sharing I'm just blown away um, my question is that um, I'm always worried about the newcomer if people are mentioning God in the room um, my impression is that Canada is a little bit more secular uh, than the states and so I think a lot of people just go running from the room as soon as they hear the word God spoken um, so I'm always using the word higher power I'm I'm an atheist um, uh, and um, Yeah, how do I stop worrying about the newcomer with the word God being bounded around?
1: Well, you share your experience. You talk with the newcomer, right? That's your job is to give the newcomer hope however you do that. Um, The word God is part of the steps, and it just is. Uh, It turned me off in the beginning, but I was ready to do something, so I had to kind of ignore it. And if somebody is really ready, the God won't, that God won't scare them away. But uh, it also says God as we understand Him, right, or Her, or It, or whatever. So I, there are some people like that, and there are some people who don't really care. We have a mixture of every kind of newcomer coming, and uh, I've lived in different parts of the states. Um, in some parts there's a lot more God emphasis than others. I live in a part now where it's it's a very mixed mixed bag and and so i i don't I don't worry about it anymore I don't worry about it anymore uh when I talk with newcomers, I just tell them my experience and i i I don't dwell on the whole God thing though but remember my story is is one of atheists an agnostic and i'm not quite sure what i am today <laughs> but i believe there is something going on and if i and i seem to be able to tap into it it's a inner resource that i never knew that i had until program so i can talk about that but i don't dwell on it with a newcomer not at all so i don't worry about it a lot
2: okay. thank you tracy thanks, thanks. Yeah. liz
0: your turn
5: Hi, this is Liz calling from New Hampshire. Don, thank you so much and especially for your emphasis on step 6 and 7. Um, my question for you is uh I'm on I'm on step 10 right now and I'm having a great deal of trouble with the word love. And um the reason I'm having trouble with the word love is the expectation that I should feel love towards all of my fellow human beings. Um, I I come into trouble with that when I think of I think you can probably understand those who really commit outright evil towards others Um, I don't feel love towards them and this is very difficult for me Uh, and um, I was wondering what your your take is on that I, I just I can't and I don't and I don't know how I'm supposed to get there I'm not even sure that I feel patience, kindness, and tolerance, especially towards people who do harm, towards children, for example. And, um, you know, I'm just wondering how you uh, you have been able to get there and have some kind of understanding for yourself. Thank you.
1: Well, my attempt at reading something out of my notes on reality at the end was was about that that is reality. The world is full of good. It's it's full of of bad. And uh um, I can be try to be patient, tolerant and kind um toward all, but I don't have to like everybody. And I don't have to like your behavior and like what you do. But uh, the idea of the love here, this the spiritual love, the the, the spiritual love is quite different than the other kind of love and i think it just means caring for human beings <clears throat> but there are some rotten human beings out there uh, no question about it but welcome to reality it it just is so again i don't i don't walk around pretending that i'm going to to love the uh, isis or or uh, the folks in nigeria that are slaughtering kids and kidnapping women and girls and i don't pretend that i love that at all, but what I look for is <clears throat> compassion as in what go- what's going on there? what is it that makes people hate so much? what is it that makes people hate us so much as to want to kill and so I try to understand and gain some compassion, but I don't like obviously, and I don't find myself in a position of having to worry too much about the the love um you know, I have my, I'm in my my world. My world is a kind of a small box of people that I interact with and people that I connect with, and I'm responsible in that in that piece of the world to keep it really as clean as possible, and to care for and love the people that are near me. And so I kind of stopped worrying about loving those evil people out there. It's sort of Live and let live. Well, that that that, that assumes con, uh agreement. No, it's no agreement there. It's just I can't fix all that. I can't fix the world's evils. It'd be nice, but I can't. So <clears throat> this is over anonymous. My task is to help live in a way that keeps my disease in check so that I can be a useful human being to God and to those around me, to my spouse, to my kids, to my grandkids, to people that I interact with in the program, et cetera. Be a useful individual, right? The uh, uh, Take away these things that stand in the way of my usefulness to you and my fellows, it says in the seven-step prayer. And that's the best I can try to do. So, no, I don't pretend to, to love, but I don't. To love those folks, I just kind of let it let it be, so not a good answer, perhaps, but reality, I can't fix all this stuff. It just is the world will always be full of injustice and hatred and evil, so I just need to work on keeping my space as clean as possible and being an example of patience, tolerance, kindness, and love. Thanks, Liz. yes,
2: thanks,
0: Liz, Tara. Tara, do you have a question?
1: Maybe it can be an easier question, Tara. Maybe it could be an easier question. (laughs) Easier than what Liz
4: (laughs) 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 Don't you know you're going to solve
3: all
2: the world's rows
4: today? (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be hard. (laughs) You you (laughs) know my a great
0: deal. Look at it that way. Uh, I always remember the statement, acceptance doesn't mean agreement, you know, when I hear those those kind of questions. All right, Tara, is there a Tara on the line with a question? Okay, Tara's gone. How about Jean? Jean M., are you waiting to ask a question? Yes, I am. Okay, Jean, thanks for your patience. Go ahead.
6: Um, Tara, I thought I was
3: unmuted
0: <laughs> Do you want me to wait after Jean? If you would, please, thanks Jean, go ahead and then we'll catch Tara
3: Okay, my um, I've been in, I'm, a, I'm a few years younger than you and um, I know your mother has Alzheimer's and because Um, I'm not so far away from being her age, uh, if I live that long. Um, I often think of myself, and like, oh, my God, what if I, you know, like, what? My kids are grown, they've got lives, are they going to have to take care of me? And uh, it's like, and I listen to you, and I hear, like, I guess I hear some... um, I don't know if I want to call it resentment around it or bad feelings around it or hard feelings around it. And um, I have wonderful grandchildren and a lot of grandchildren. And um, I guess I think, do you ever think of that?
1: I'm sorry, do I say that you ever last ever think one? of I... yourself
3: getting Alzheimer's and what would happen to you?
1: Absolutely. <clears throat> absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. The... Um history of my mother, by the way, <clears throat> is uh, I had a pretty rotten childhood. My mother, my mother has been mentally ill. So I grew up with a mentally ill mother. And uh, so I suffered a great, great deal from all of that. And then she continued to try to negatively influence my life. Uh, later uh, influenced, I made some bad decisions that were very much part of her and yes she was the number one resentment that I had uh, because she just continued to inflict inflict um, disapproval uh, and and just criticism 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 Uh, so there's a long long history of the resentment which I get rid of and then it'll creep back and then I'll get rid of it and it'll creep back But uh, many, many years ago, my father died in 97, and his last words to me were, okay, uh, you're going to have to take care of her now. You know that she cannot take care of herself, and you know that she has a lot of problems, and you know she's very angry and she's very critical, but you'll just have to be patient and do the best that you can. And so I'm passing that on to you now. So my father was very much a father to this mentally ill mother also and so she's just been around for around for a very long time and and so the last time i talked to her which was only last night at 10 uh, o'clock she was just screaming and yelling at me on the phone about what a terrible son that i am i'm not worth a damn any good son would be there taking care of her and taking out taking her out of this nursing home Et cetera, et cetera, So I have to listen to that every time that I talk with her. And so then I get I get I don't get angry so much not at her, I don't say anything with her. It's it's I just have to be patient and listen and try to change the subject and eventually get off the line. And then there's the anger inside of me but then I have to put it away. That's what the program has taught me. Put it away, put it away, give it to God. Uh, i say the resentment prayer and then it's gone and then it's gone and so it is a uh, uh it's been a difficult 95 years with my mother well i'm 74 so she's 95 so it's been a problem i had if you heard my qualification or heard my story You would hear about a kid that five or six or seven years old, all he wanted to do was escape, escape, escape. So I was running away from home when I was six or seven years old to escape my mother. And I finally escaped when I was 17. Uh, So it's been a long, long combative relationship with a very negative person. And that's how I got to the program. It's part of the reason I got to the program and and, uh, needed to change who I was because I was so bitter and angry at the world and at at those people who had influenced me so much. I don't know if you remember in my talking earlier, I said that I didn't learn any of the right ways to live. Well, I didn't learn because there was nobody there to teach me. All I heard was dysfunctional stuff from her. So I'm, I'm going to say something now that will upset a lot, a lot, a lot of people out there, I suspect. But it's it's just been hard reality. I don't think that I ever loved my mother. I do not think that I ever loved my mother, uh, ever. Even as a small child, all I wanted to do was escape, and I didn't like, didn't like her. Today, I've been taking care of her for now since 97. So I'm meeting my responsibilities. I'm doing what my dad told me I needed to do to take care of her because there's no one else to take care of her. Um, she's in poverty, and thank God for Medicaid and those you know programs that will help and drugs and so forth. She takes fifteen different drugs. Um, so I, I meet what I what I think God would have me do, and do the best that I can. But it is not easy. If I didn't have the program, I would have abandoned her many 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 years ago and just never looked back. But I have the program. She was one of my first amends, ninth amends. That goes back to 1982 or three. And um, I'm doing what I can. Uh, it doesn't have to be fun or anything, but I do the best I can. So long answer, little history. Uh, thanks, Jean, for the question.
0: Yes, thank you, Jean. And we'll go to our last question for this morning with Tara, please.
2: Kara Star, one to unmute. Oh, sorry, it's I had two mutes on. Hi, um,
6: Don. Thank you for your talk today, and uh, um, I don't know if this question is hard or easy for you. It might might be pretty simple. Um, I kind of had this question come up when I when you first started talking about that you don't on step six and seven that. God doesn't remove the defects of character. And I thought, well, um, how is that different from, I mean, what is the difference between asking God for the power to, you know, turning to God for the power to to do these things, the right things, um, and then just asking God to remove them? It seems to me that... Can you just talk on that for a second? Does it make sense
1: that question? Yeah. Oh no, totally. The 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 word is action, action, action on my part. It's like the uh, God God uh, uh, like food plans. I use the example of food plans. God doesn't do shopping. God doesn't put an honest food plan together for me. What God will help me do is to follow that once I have set it in place. But I have to do that. And the same way with the character traits, I have to very clearly understand what it is that needs to be changed and look at what are the solutions and then ask God to help me begin to live in those solutions. And that's what God does. But it's me that has to go out and practice the, um, the, um, uh, being positive or being grateful or being tolerant of those uh, who make my skin you know, uh, tingle. Um, being authentic rather than I need to practice being authentic and real rather than a a phony or being full of pretense and all that stuff. So I have to take those actions. So that's that's the difference as opposed to... It sounds like it's
6: a conversation, kind of like you're saying, I need help with this and I'm trying to do it, so please give me the strength.
1: Absolutely. There's a power greater than myself that gives me the courage. But it's not a, uh, I, I do hear some people sometimes say, well, you know, it's only a couple of sentences in the in the big book, for example. It's quite different in other 12-step books. But uh, only a couple of sentences, so it only takes a couple of minutes. You just say, I'm ready, and then you say the prayer, and then you move on to step eight. And that hasn't quite been the case with me. I had to work hard on those. And I still say the seventh step prayer every single day. And I say specifically, God, help me today to live in whatever it is, faith or to live in forgiveness, to live in gratitude, whatever it may be. And like this morning, I said, God, help me to be real here in this conversation that I'm going to have on vision for you. You know, I'm not here to impress. I'm not here to look good. I'm not here to pretend that I know all the answers to all the whatever or to teach or not teach all I've got to do, all I can do is share my experience. And it may be not the same experience that others have had, but it's just who I am. Like those answers to questions about my mother and so forth. I just, you know, you can see obviously I'm not perfect in any way. I just try to do the the best that I can. So helping me to be real, you see, uh, is what I would ask, ask God this morning to, to help me do. So that's what I mean by practicing the new stuff. That's my part. That's the God's not going to do for me what I need to do for myself. So it's a combination of God helping me to do it and my actual actions, just like I have to do the shopping and make the food plan and do the cooking, etc. <laughs> okay, Tara? Thank you, Tara, and
2: thank you to everybody
0: who asked a question this morning and of course thank you so much don for your time and energy this morning your insights and all the depth that you uh revealed to us thank you for being an example of transformation that's possible and i'm going to close this morning from page 164 in our big book our book is meant to be suggestive only we realize we know only a little